The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 5th of December, 2020. Yes, the first Saturday in the last month of this fucking horrible year. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And we got a great show lined up for you tonight. In just a little bit, uh, I'm going to be speaking with somebody that I've been wanting to speak with for a long time. Now, if you remember... Last year when I interviewed uh, one of the band members of a band called Buckaroos out of uh, Omaha, Nebraska, I asked them about a metal band out of the Omaha area called 3D In Your Face, and uh, they spoke very highly of them. And Well, uh, I was unable to uh, contact them, but lo and behold, their bassist and lead vocalist reached out to me. Well, they're no longer called... Uh, 3D in your face. They're now called the Midnight Devils. And we're going to be speaking with the uh, lead singer and bassist Sam Spade Morris in just a little bit. Uh, Later on in the show, I will be speaking with um, Simon Roche of the Sidelanders. He recommended I speak with one of the newest members of the Sidelanders out of South Africa, a very young girl by the name of Cornelia Muller. I said Miller uh, during the interview, but it's actually pronounced Mueller. I'll be uh, talking with him, with her, excuse me. And uh, yeah, it's a pre-recorded sh- interview that uh, yeah, it, uh, was a very interesting conversation. Somebody as young as she is, it, it was, got even more interesting. Then later on, I should be joined by Chris Master for News of the Weird. Uh, before I get to all that, I want to cue one of the latest songs by the Midnight Devils. This is Bleed Betty Bleed. And I'll be back with Sam right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, thrill seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Trying to understand some people is like trying to pick up a turd by the clean end. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. I love America. Nothing bad happens here. I blindly follow my president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. I love America. Nothing bad happens here. I blindly follow my president, my hero, my ruler. His beliefs are my beliefs. His God is my God. What would America be like without freedom of speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. First, there was Cranked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up Went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Bleed Betty Bleed by the Midnight Devils, and it is my wel- my pleasure to welcome Sam Spade Morris to the show of the Midnight Devils. Sam, how you doing, brother? Bad, Billy. What's going on today? <laughs> It's Saturday. I'm happy I'm not working. I'm just doing yeah. doing what I love. That's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Count for, on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining the show. Yeah, my pleasure, really. Yes. Great to talk to you. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, first off, I want to thank you very much for reaching out to me after I was unsuccessfully able to reach out to you a year ago. But uh, nonetheless, uh, here here we are. <laughs> yeah, we made it work. And, and I just kind of stumbled. Uh, I don't know how I came across your Instagram page. And uh, I, was, I just screenshot it. And I was like, oh, I got I to gotta send this guy a message. It was right up my alley. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So, uh, for those who are not, uh, familiar with, uh, Midnight Devils or what used to be called 3D in your face, uh, why don't you give a little background, tell the listeners about yourself and about the band. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Midnight Devils are, uh, what, kind of what's left, uh, what's left after 3D in your face, kind of, uh, we stopped touring, stopped doing shows, stopped putting out records. And, uh, the guitar player and I, Sniper, Chris Heinlein, we decided that we wanted to continue, you know, before we kind of saw the writing on the wall with 3D in your face. And, and we started doing this two man acoustic thing, which went good, but uh, you know, only as good as could be in an acoustic group. And we put together this band called the midnight devils, which is the name of the first 3D in your face record. And we had a drummer, we put it to put it out on tour and about two or three shows into a tour that we had going down to Rocklahoma, our drummer, uh, walked off the stage in Kansas City, got into a car, and and never came back. So uh, we were wow. we were kind of like, well, what do we do now? Somebody told us to get in touch with Jimmy Mess, who is our drummer uh, right now, and uh, he's from Chicago. He wasn't doing anything, and he said, I'd lo- I'd love to come, and uh, I'd love to finish the tour with you guys. So we we got in a car, rented a car, drove all the way to Chicago, picked him up, got back in the car, drove back, and and caught the rest of the tour. And on the way home, while while we were you know riding high on that tour, uh, he's like, "Let's let's keep this thing going." And so we do. It was like this is a great idea. The, the, you know, the, we're all kind of on the same page. We're a glam rock party band. You know, we're an outrageous uh, band that wants to have have a fun, have a good time. And I don't think in, in this day and age that there's enough bands out there that are looking to just go out and have fun. You know, a lot of people say too that the uh, glam rock scene is uh, is has pretty much died off. I I don't know about that because uh, there there's still there's still quite a bit of it out there. I'm not going to say it's definitely not as popular as it used to be, but uh, it's it's still out there. You know, especially with the the interview I had uh, with the uh, with the band member of uh nova rex when i when i had him yeah, on. kenny yeah yeah kenny yeah that's right and um yeah yeah thanks for reminding me name slipped my mind so easily no it's all right <laughs> i know kenny we, we did a show together and uh yeah those guys have been doing it for you know 35 years or, or what seems like they've been they've been around forever yeah and just kind of carrying that torch of american uh rock and roll they're great you know and uh yeah, and then next week also, I'm supposed to have another uh, glam, uh, one of the members of a glam metal band that uh, I think has been long forgotten. Uh, they're called Seduce out of uh, the Detroit area. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I honestly, I'd never heard of them. And then, uh, of course, uh, Sean O'Donnell had asked me to interview them. And I'm like, uh, sure, no problem, because I don't say no to anything she puts in front yeah. of me. And uh I had to listen, you know, it's it's like, you know, guys like you and guys like Kenny and guys like them are just keeping the spirit of uh, heavy metal alive. Like what, what I know as heavy metal, whether it's thrash metal or it's uh, glam rock, you know, it's still, that's, that's what I know, you know? And I I was, 
I was saying too, uh, last week when I was talking to Kenny, it's like, uh, it was 2006. So this was 14 years ago. Of course, I went and saw Poison and Cinderella at, at a venue in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, um, there's just uh, one thing that just brought back really fond memories. It was, um, you know, attending that concert and that uh, that smell of hairspray. That just, <laughs> you know, what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure, absolutely. You know, we're talking when we're talking glam metal, we're talking hair metal. You know, <laughs> hair, yeah, hair to the sky, and 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 it's like, uh, you know, there's a lot of bands out there, but I don't think. Uh, anybody has the balls to go out and, and do what we're doing anymore. Nobody has the ball to grow out their hair or put on lipstick or, or go out and kind of make this statement that says, you know, we don't care if you're, you're gay or straight or, or what race or what gender, it doesn't really matter. You know, we're bringing you in. And, and the next thing you know, at the end of the show, you're going to be covered in glitter and you're going to be wasted and having a good time looking for the after party. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't happen like that anymore. Like on, on a big scale level, like we see it. Uh, you know, and, and when I was at that Poison concert, I didn't leave sober either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they, because uh, yeah, there was a there was a local uh, beer distributor giving away free samples of beer, so I didn't I didn't leave sober. <laughs> yep, and I and I especially think with everything that's happened within the last six months, people need this outlet more than anything. You know, they don't want they're tired of being uh, everything so serious and down where, you know, I, I really foresee like a resurgence of almost a renaissance of bands that are going to be putting out records and, and so many bands are going to be touring. People are going to be looking, just dying for that, uh, that getaway. Yeah. That also brings back what uh, Kenny was talking about last week too. He's ta talking to yeah. his son and his son's got the impression that going to a concert is watching it live on YouTube. Right. Um, uh, you, the, the feeling of going to a live concert is, is unlike any of that, you know, I mean, uh, uh, yep. there's watching it on TV from what, what I remember as a kid watching something on TV and seeing it live. And there is a huge difference seeing it on yep, YouTube. That's no different than watching it on TV. Yeah. It, it's a sensory, the sensory overload, you know, that, that comes from a live show, whether it's in a bar or a venue or like, you know, out in the forest or whatever, you know, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the people, everything is, is turned up to the max. And I think that you don't get any of that by watching it on your phone on YouTube at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you and I are just old school, but, uh, <laughs> I, if, if this is new school, I want to stay old school. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, like kiss is, kiss is doing a new year's Eve thing. And I know that I realize that it's, it's the best they can do through the circumstances, but I don't even really think I want to watch it because why would I want to watch kiss from my couch? I don't want to do that. Oh, hell no. Hell no. You, you want to, you want to see kiss on the stage, whether you're, you're stuck in the, in the way back row or, or yeah. you're right up front. There's still a huge difference. Yep. Yep. Yes. So who would you say uh, your main influences are? I mean, that song I just heard with Bleed, Betty, Bleed, I hear I hear a touch of some Guns N' Roses. Of course, I look at you, I see uh, uh, Motley Crue influence, I see a Poison influence, but who would you say are your main influences? Uh, when I started, really, uh, like, you know, you get that age when it, when it kind of clicks. 
And when it clicked for me was Kiss and Detroit Rock City. And I grew up in, in a very conservative, uh, smaller town in Nebraska where they thought, they still at the time thought that Kiss was, you know, and this had to be in, in the late 90s, they thought Kiss was uh, worshiping Satan. And for some reason that like drew me to it even more. My parents were like, don't you listen to Kiss. It's night in Satan service. And it just sucked me in even harder. From Kiss, it was it, it went it morphed into like the New York Dolls and the Ramones, and he kind of went back and found these these awesome glam bands that just kind of you know were fell under the radar, not as didn't get as big as Kiss. And I always I mixed that so with the Midnight Devils, we kind of mix uh, that glam rock with uh, a little touch of boogie woogie. I'm a huge Elvis fan, huge uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis fan, and I I do I, I thought nobody really has done this. Faster Pussycat has done it. But you name any other bands that have kind of mixed uh, sleazy boogie woogie with glam rock, it, it's it's not not been done. And people love Faster Pussycat. You know, few, people love that kind of uh, that boogie vibe. And so that's exactly what we're doing. But we're taking it over the top with with the look and the way we are. And I, it, it really comes from uh, a you know like a really honest place. Everything that we do is is all about it's all about credibility. You know, and I think that the, audi- the audience can completely understand that, you know, the stuff we're singing about and it's stuff that's all happened to us. So, you know, growing up listening to Kiss, growing up listening to uh, all the those classic rock stations, I'm a huge radio guy, too. I loved cr- classic rock radio. So, you know, ACDC and Aerosmith and just those bands that you couldn't get off the radio at the time. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. And just talking about uh, the genre of heavy metal alone, you know, and I start I didn't start thinking about this until uh, about uh, three years ago when, um, you know, uh, I talked to this one lady out in North Carolina and uh, she said Ghost started playing on the radio. And I no disrespect to them. I like some of the stuff they do. Yeah. But uh I just cannot classify them like heavy metal. I mean, heavy metal and country have, have just yeah. are the two main ones that have changed so much, you know, and I've said this many times too, when it comes to country, when I think, when I think country, I'm thinking, you know, Waylon, Willie, Merle Haggard, George Absolutely. Jones, you know, and, uh, I listened to somebody like Thomas Rhett today, who's a perfect example, I think. And yeah, his voice is country, but his music sure the hell isn't. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. This is right on your point. Where you think about this glam metal from the eighties, or or big you know hair hair rock from L.A. has morphed into what country is now. You know, if you go to a country show, no disrespect, I love country music too. But if you go to a country show, people are there smoking weed, drinking beer. There's chicks everywhere, scantily dressed. People are going there for a good time. It's like this weird morph and things have changed to where it's country now, you know, but they're playing rock and roll guitar and it's all rock dudes up there with a country singer. You know, that's kind of funny too, how you say that. Cause you know, I mean, uh, in, in June, um, I actually covered the show. Uh, it's, it's called uh, highway 30 music fest right here in the Idaho area. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it was a wonderful three days, you know, and uh, basically get back to living instead of existing, which we seem to be back mm-hmm. to doing right now. And it was kind of funny because there's Chris Jansen up on the stage and people are throwing up the horns. And I'm like, wait a yep. minute. <laughs> and, and the panties are dropping, you know? Yeah. It's exactly how it was. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and we're I'm even seeing too. I'm seeing these these dudes in cowboy hats, you know, who look like straight up rednecks, old stuff, old school rednecks that I would know of. And they're throwing up horns. Yep. <laughs> but but I think I think you're right. To me, uh, you know, country music definitely came from Hank Williams and and Johnny Cash, and and those guys were kind of like. Those are guys with like the outlaws of country music, and I think uh, that's where where I gravitated towards those guys that smoked cigarettes and drank whiskey and played in in saloons. That that's really, you know, the heart and soul I feel of country music. Oh, that's where it all started. It's definitely where it all started for sure. Yep. Yeah, you know, and then uh, I'd say metal definitely uh, started with Black Sabbath. You know, and and that's when I was talking to. Um, Michael Michael Lapond a couple years ago, you know, and he's more he's of course the uh, bassist for Symphony X. He's also worked with uh, Ross the Boss from Man of War, and uh, he he said he wants to keep the real spirit of heavy metal alive with with his okay. his music. You now it sounds like you're basically doing the same thing there too. Yeah, and and uh, the cool thing with the, with the with the midnight devils is that uh the the other two guys in the band chris heinlein is is this huge guitar uh phenom like he's an eddie van halen guy he studied all the, the, the eddie van halen tricks the george Lynch stuff so he can shred he's definitely like our musical leader uh where, where jimmy and i are kind of like the, the guys that will go around and fuck off and and do what we want he'll keep us in line on stage off stage and where, where jimmy our drummer is he him and i grew up playing punk rock so we kind of like, okay, there's not any like punk rock bands anymore either. What's the, what's the, what's going on here with that? Like no, nobody's coming out with uh, just that nasty gritty sound that, that kind of uh, gets people fired up, gives them energy, gives, gives them crazy. So we mix all these, these genres, the, you know, shredding guitars and, and fast songs, punk rock, and then throw a coat of a lipstick on it. And then you have the midnight devils, you know, it's, it's unique and cool, but everybody can relate to it because it's all stuff that they know already. Yeah, it's see when you talk about punk rock, it's like punk rock uh, died for the longest time from uh, the from the late seventies throughout the eighties, and then the nineties when uh, the the grunge scene, like bands like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, uh, hit the mainstream. That kind of revived punk for a while, I think, and, until uh, Kurt Cobain died, is how I look at that. Yeah, and and I think punk punk rock is just that attitude, and that that sheer adrenaline that you kind of you run off of, and uh, all our songs. You know, when I listen to the songs that we record, I'm like, man, we play played them on the record so slow. When we get into a live situation, everything is sped up because we're running off that adrenaline. We're running off the crowd. We're running off the the people that are in the audience, and that's you know you you live it, and you that's what punk rock is to me. You live exactly how uh, you play on stage. It, yes, yes, exactly, and 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 the the grunge bands definitely, definitely did that when, when mm-hmm. for sure. Now, well, one thing I I, I got to ask you too is, um, sure, you, you know, you you just talked about a little bit uh, how you were hooked on the radio, and the very first song I heard, of course, uh, by Three D in your face was "Baptized by the Radio," and I'm like, oh, yep. I, I like that, I like that. <laughs> That's exactly exactly where it came from is yeah. my love for like old school classic rock radio yeah that's what i was about to ask you if, if that's what it what what it is right there yep because i I, and I I remember uh when i was a kid 
you know, we didn't necessarily have CDs or we didn't have a lot of CDs or tapes or anything, but there was always a radio around and it was always tuned to the, whether it was the oldie station or the classic rock station. And you, you still know every one of those songs, you know, like every song off the Boston record without even owning the Boston record, you know, they played them just every night Foreigner, uh, fog hat, deep purple, like all these cool bands. You just love more than life itself because that's what, that's what you listen to all day long. Wow. That, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I remember those days too. And it's like, uh, you know, radio has kind of died out a little bit, you know, and yeah, I, what I love about inter, internet radio is, uh, and podcasting is just being able to be myself without the fucking FCC, uh, wanting to crawl up my ass, uh, telling me I can't do this or they're going to find me, whatever, you know? And I did, I, I worked for radio. That was like, it, it made me want to get into it uh, coming out of high school. I went into college and uh, got a, 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 a journalism degree. I got the radio gig. I was working at a classic rock station. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, I get to listen to the radio all day long. And then, like, my boss pulled me in. The suit pulled me in. And, I, of course, like, I, I had still had makeup on from the night before. And he's like, we got to let you go. I'm like, man, you don't got to even pay me. I will work here for free. He's like, we can't do it. Damn. And I was like, I just got so disillusioned, so so kind of butthurt uh, that these guys that knew nothing about rock and roll were calling the shots at the rock and roll radio station. Now, one thing, I I, I don't know how old you were at the time, but I'm pretty sure uh, you heard about how, uh, how Dee Snyder uh, showed up uh, before Congress in the so-called PMRC and uh, yeah. taking it right to Al Gore and, and, and his wife, who are no longer together, but, but the way they, the way they looked at him, because uh, I, I think he said he didn't even shower before showing up. You know, he showed up with yeah. his, his tall hair, he's still got some eye makeup on and uh, you know, they, they thought, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to steamroll this guy. We're going to, you know, he's not going to present anything, any type of defense. And, and then once he spoke, he blew him out of the water. Yep. You know, and that to me, um, I think of I think of that is uh, where the the real revolution in heavy metal began, and mm-hmm. uh, and it opened a lot of eyes too. Is uh, you know he he admitted that uh, he was a Christian, does not speak about anything in his songs about damnation or going to right. hell or anything anything satanic like that. You know, it's and. Uh, the, I think my favorite thing that he said was uh, Tipper Gore was looking for bondage and sadomasochism and she found it. (laughs) (laughs) In her bedroom. In her bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, but uh, overall, uh, when when you've seen, uh, you know, basically that's, uh, I've seen your birth date, so I I know you were very young when that happened, but... uh, yeah. Overall, uh, what was your overall reaction to that particular uh, incident there? This was like, and, and I kind of found out about it later, uh, much later, because because of where I grew up and how I was raised. But I went back and I learned all this. And so in my first band, I, I distinctly remember writing a song. Uh, it was like, fuck Tipper Gore, fuck, uh, fuck the PMRC. Like the very first song I ever wrote. Uh, for the the band that I was in was a song that I dedicated to, you know, that exact topic. So for me, that was like a calling out and I was proud to tell 
to be, you know, a sick motherfucking fan of Twisted Sister and be playing these songs and have songs with swear words in them. And, and I've always kind of been in these theatric bands that were out of the norm, whether they were good or bad. We always took it to some sort of an extreme. And I think that that's really, you know, growing up watching that and seeing how D Snyder handled it proved that you can still be a, a very smart person. You can still be a, a normal member of society and still be in a kick-ass rock and roll band that worth too much fucking makeup. Exactly, exactly. And and what I've taken out of it, too, is just like you, you know, I grew up in a very small town, and uh, this is a very red conservative state, and uh, I think it's uh, no secret that, you know, my political beliefs do kind of uh, pretty much lie more towards the right. But uh, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I, I still, uh, a lot of people think, well, have even asked me how do you use profanity if if this is the way you politically believe and i said the way i talk and the way i lean politically has nothing to do with one another right there <laughs> yeah absolutely you know and um yeah i i i say the word fuck a lot on this show mm-hmm. and why even it, whether i'm talking music whether i'm talking politics or whatever you know, I, I'll, I just speak my mind and I just be me. And that's, that's how it is, you know, and yes, I'm a Christian and, um, I still believe uh, what I was taught, you know, and, uh, even though I don't go to church like I used to, but, uh, and obviously I can't now, but, uh, you know, but you also, you also don't want the government, you know, part of the thing is you don't want the government or somebody in a higher power telling you, or not a higher power, but a higher position telling you how to present your art or your art form, you know, how to presenting you how to be creative. Like you can't tell me, say, I can't say certain words and not be creative. That doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You know? No, each individual is different. And, uh, right. And I think, uh, you know, when, when D Snyder did what he did, he put everything into a new light. In fact, uh, it wasn't too long after that, too, that a lot of religious parents kind of shortened their leash and said, I don't mind if you listen to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we definitely take, take charge, take, take cues from that uh, with the Midnight Devils uh, because it, it is so outrageous and over the top in the way that we look. Uh, you know what, we kind of project this super hyper glam thing and people are like, well, I don't know if these are drag queens. I don't know if these are guys or girls. I don't know if they're gay or straight. I don't know anything. And that's, that's exactly what I'm going for. I want you to question everything and, and just come along for the ride. You know, I, I don't want you to like hyper masculinity. I get sick of it. Like hyper uh, heterosexuality. Like it just is too much. We're all here to have fun. It shouldn't, none of that should matter at all. See, that, that's the way it is with me. So you take, take me, for example. I'm looking at you. I, I see something from the 80s that, uh, you know, most right. people think is, is, is long dead. I don't, I don't care if you're gay or straight or male or female mm-hmm. or transgender. None of that fucking matters to me. No. Nope. Um, I, you know, I heard Baptized by the Radio and other great songs. That's why I'm here. Yep. I'm and, here and that's exactly it. Yeah. I'm I'm here for the show. I what these guys do in their personal life is none of my fucking business. I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. a fan. Yep. And we played we played, you know, uh coming up as a touring band, we played some of the the weirdest places and some of the craziest places, uh, you know, like redneck compounds in Kansas where they're shooting guns off and, and riding dirt bikes and we're like, What are we doing here? This is insane. But we've also played, you know, uh 
LGBT uh, alliance parties. And those are some of the funnest ones. Like the other night, I just hosted a drag show. I was the host for the drag show, and it was one of the funnest times I've ever had. And I'm like, this is what it's about. This is a celebration of, of just people. It's people celebrating what you don't, especially in the last six months, you don't get that anymore. Yes, yes. You know, and, and like I say, you know, uh, at the top of the shows last year when I, I had the lead singer from uh, Buckaroos on there, he's there. Those yeah. guys from, from the same area, those guys are completely yep. different than, than you guys, but yet they spoke so highly of you. And, and yeah, they're great guys and they know they've toured their ass off too. They've worked and put out their own records and done shows and, and they've really, really worked over the years very hard. And I got mad respect for them for that. Yeah, in fact, uh, when I was at uh, Highway 32, I uh, mentioned you guys to uh, there's there's a local uh, country DJ and manager for uh, a lot of the country artists out of the Omaha area, and uh, I mentioned I mentioned you, and he's he's like, yeah, I've heard of them, I've and and they're they're a bunch of great wow. guys, yeah. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you know, and these, I, lo- these long-haired guys are making some waves. Yeah, exactly, and. And, you know, I mean, what, 20, 30 years ago, I mean, it, it would have been, probably been the complete opposite. Oh, these long-haired, hippie, queer motherfuckers, whatever, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. even, I mean, it still happens. It still happens every day. And I was just talking to somebody I work, uh, I work at a bar and it still happens every day where I, even though I work at the bar and I'm here every day, I walk in and these guys will be like, what the fuck is that? Fuck you're fucking long haired and like, you know, just rattle off a bunch of shit. And then like, I don't take it personally anymore. I do get mad and I'll look back to them. But I told somebody, I go, as long as they're talking, I don't really care. It's the moment that they stop talking about me. That's when we got a problem. <laughs> got their attention somehow one way or another. Yeah, whether exactly. It's positive they're lo- they're or negative. looking regardless. They're like, who is that guy up in the, or who is that girl up in the booth? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> now I, I do have to ask, um, sure. You know, obviously coming from uh, conservative uh, Nebraska and all that, and uh, when uh, 3D in your face started, I mean, um, was was that difficult to get going? Or by by the time you got started, uh, you know, there was there was a lot more acceptance and tolerance. With the with the thing with 3D uh, is that 3D started out as uh, 3D was always kind of known as an 80s hair metal band. So we got accepted by most people because we were, we played covers, we played Bon Jovi and Def Leppard and, and Molly Crew. People love that shit. So they, they were cool with us. There's been a couple fights at the shows, but nothing, nothing too bad. So when we switched, uh, you know, when we kind of transitioned into the Midnight Devils, that's when it got a little tougher because we're like, we're not going to play covers. We're going to go out on our own and do our own thing and play our own music. If we're going to fail, we're going to fail on our own terms. So now it's a little different where we don't get necessarily there's not like you said not a bunch of glam rock bands or rock bands in general in nebraska so we don't get to play with the heavy guys you know the guys playing death metal we don't get to play with the guys playing indie music you know where there's all these clicks and we're like well fuck that we're not even going to go into the clicks in nebraska we'll just shoot for you know shoot shoot bigger dream bigger fuck fuck the fuck the Omaha or wherever, you know, I love this, this town, but we're like, we're going to go out and do Chicago and St. Louis. And we're going to go to New York and we're going to go to LA and we're going to do all these shows in cities where people actually get it. And you kind of realize that in each city, there's guys exactly like you that still love kiss that still are into glam rock. And you just got to find those guys and you're like instantly in the club. 
but there's dudes like that all over the world, you know? So our goal has just been to like keep touring and keep finding these 10 guys in every city and they'll bring 10 more people. And eventually it turns into this thing where, you know, people in, in every city, uh, you know, almost along the tour route. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know, and it, I appreciate how, uh, you're keeping, uh, the spirit of the music that I listened to when I was a, when I was a kid, you're keeping that spirit alive, you know? And, yeah. and growing up, see, I'm, I've been listening to heavy metal for a very long time. I, I, I remember I had to, I had to go hide my Slayer tapes because living with, a, <laughs> with a religious family, you know, I, I, I actually dug a hole somewhere out in the field and buried them. And then when I wanted to go listen to them, I go off and hide somewhere for, for an hour or so to go listen to them. And then, you know, bury this whole, put them back in this hole and, and put the dirt back on top of them. You know, I got, I got one that's really close to that. My dad would like, he'd be like, okay, you can't wear his t-shirts every day to school. You can only wear them twice a week to school <laughs> so i'd have like three or four or five kiss t-shirts stashed in my locker or whatever so i'd wear like a normal shirt a button up so he'd be happy and then when you got to school you'd immediately throw the button up in there and slide your kiss t-shirt back over it you know there you go <laughs> yes <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean we're talking i was eight years old and i was listening to heavy metal so you know but i yeah I grew up, uh, you know, listening to, to all kinds of music, to to country, to and I really, if I want to hear a good guitar riff or, um, you know, just a good lead guitar, I love blues like uh, like Stevie mm-hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan or uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know. So I've I've grown up with that appreciation that I think uh, most musicians need to have if to uh, yes, to be absolutely. successful. Yep, it's like if it comes from the heart, you should be listening to it because it's going to speak to you as a, as a creative person. Yes, yes, indeed. You, you know, and uh, to, and today, I mean, regardless of it, whether it's today's country or not or whatever, I I hear so many. Uh, there are a lot of country songs being covered by rock artists and vice versa. And they make it sound yep. good in their own way, like Buckaroos. What they did with uh, Cypress Hills, uh, "Insane in the Membrane." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard them do that, but they, yeah, they got their own I version have, of yeah. that song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So we are honestly, we, boy, this has gone by fast. We're almost out of time, but uh, okay. One of my favorite questions I love to ask because of the crazy fucked up answers that you can get, I get from this question. <laughs> now this doesn't matter if you're playing some shithole dive bar out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, that holds a maximum capacity of about 25 people if you're lucky, or you just booked out Madison Square Garden. Uh, what's, mm-hmm. what's one of the craziest things you have witnessed while performing on stage? Uh, you know, uh, we've played... This is going to be a good one. Like I said, we played one in, in Kansas. It was a compound where on our last song, the owner was screaming at us to hide behind our bus because they were shooting. They're like somebody came in and he was, somebody infiltrated the compound and he was firing off a gun. Mm-hmm. I was like, that, that's pretty insane. Oh. We were all very terrified. They're, okay, so there's that, that one. And uh, because of the nature of our band, we, get, uh, we got hired to play some swingers parties. <laughs> so uh we, we our buddies was like the the king of the swingers so he'd be like yeah yeah we want you guys to come down uh and it's like a two-day swinger festival everybody's gonna be out there they're gonna be naked it's gonna be insane you guys are gonna love it we're like okay it sounds interesting as long as you're paying i guess it doesn't really matter 
So we get there and we set up and we're playing and we're playing poison songs. And you just like look out into the crowd and it's like, uh, guys are just getting blown out there. You know, they're fucking in the lawn chairs. They're like standing around the campfire completely naked. I'm like, what world are we living in right now? <laughs> I mean, and then was, I got the, yeah. the last one was that they, um, we got hired to, we kind of were teaming up with these deathmatch wrestlers, which is like professional wrestling, but without a ring. And so they, they put us up in a show in New Orleans. The bar got wind of the show and they had to cancel it. They're like, no way you guys are going to beat the shit out of each other with hammers in my bar. There's going to be blood everywhere. So the guy's like, it's cool. We'll just put up the show at the skate park in New Orleans. And I'm like, what? You got to be out of your mind. So we get out there and it's a slab of concrete in the middle of New Orleans, surrounded by the train track and the interstate. They roll out a generator, start a bonfire. And they're like, there you go. Get out there and play. We played to 200 wrestling fans, did great. And then the, all these wrestlers came out and started just beating the shit out of each other with neon light bulbs. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. So much fun. I, I'll never forget that. <laughs> well, for, as for that first one, I mean, man, that puts Woodstock to shame. I think at Woodstock, yeah. Woodstock, they were just naked. But, uh, but you know what they, you know what they called it? They called it bone stock. <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! But we are out of time. I I can't ask the last question. We are that much out of time. But um, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, that's 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 okay. We it was a fun conversation we had. Um, got to get to our music set where I'm going to play three more songs by the Midnight Devils. But before we get to that, uh, why don't you give yourself a plug, tell the listeners where they can find you, your website, social media, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, and all that good shit. Yeah, it's very easy. We're on uh, all uh, most of the streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Tunes, uh, iTunes, any of those things, you can find it. We just put out our, our debut music video, uh, came out in February, right before the virus hit. It's on YouTube uh, for the single Pink Halo. And then our website is themidnightdevils.com. And you can go to our merch shop. If you dig what you hear, uh, order something, whether it's a T-shirt or a koozie or whatever. Anything you can do really helps to kind of spread the word. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, I really appreciate uh, you uh getting a hold of me and finally I can have this conversation. I want to wish you the best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And if you make it out to Idaho, you got to, got to hit me up and let me know. Absolutely. Hey, Billy, we're, we're going to be going out on uh, as a scheduled right now, we're going to be leaving in October to tour with loudness. I don't know if you remember that band, the Japanese heavy metal band loudness. We're doing that tour in the U S so we should talk again before that starts. Well, most definitely, most definitely, and I'll be I'll be saving your number. Okay, cool. That'll and that'll be a coast to coast thing, uh, you know, L.A. to New York. All right, perfect. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, hey, have a wonderful holiday season. Yeah, pleasure talking to you. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Sam Spade Morris of the Midnight Devils. We're going to hit our music set. We got uh, three more songs by the Midnight Devils. Plus, we're going to mix in Louise Warren and Dick Ryan into the mix. When we come back, we got the Idiot of the Week. Plus, uh, the uh, interview I had with um, w- with Cornelia Muller. So, with that said, we'll be back after this. 
This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Yeah. 
bitch about how people aren't making Christmas the holiday it should be. Be it through political correct censoring or materialistic commercialization, it's safe to say I've pretty much ran the gamut on how the holiday ain't what it used to be. However, I failed to address a particular group of people. The humbuggers. That poor group of bastards that are forced to endure this insipid event year after year. You poor bastards. And honestly, I can see why they hate the holiday. It's become this annoying chore everyone is obligated to participate in. You're obligated to tolerate family and friends. You're obligated to put up with fellow classmates or co-workers. You're obligated to decorate your entire home with gaudy lights and inflatable gnomes. And it's downright demanded of you to buy everyone something. Yeah, that might be feasible if I was like an oil czar on crack. But unfortunately, I'm on a fixed income and my holiday cheer isn't dictated by an ingestible platter of festive contraband. So forgive me if I'm not hemorrhaging gifts while my veins burst from holiday cheer. Aside from the mass holiday hysteria these humbuggers have to put up with, they now also have to deal with a plethora of overly cheerful jizzwads all up in their face saying, Hey, where's your holiday spirit, huh? Or, don't be such a Scrooge, it's Christmas! You know... If someone comes off like they're a Scrooge, it's probably because their Christmas bonus wasn't an extra bottle of Valium and a case of liquor. And speaking of holiday spirits, you've had your fill. Put the bottle down and stop spewing your holiday cheer all over my carpet. And that's another thing. Why does every motherfucker on the planet have to use Christmas as an excuse to get shit-faced? This irks me the most. Because anytime someone invites me to a holiday party, it's just a bunch of douchebags with holiday hats falling all over each other while an alcohol-induced slut runs around with mistletoe strapped to her vagina. Sorry, folks. Not my kind of holiday. I'd rather wait for Santa to bring me something a little more useful than genital warts in a grab bag of STDs. Clowns! So, for this holiday season, be mindful of those who don't care about it. Leave them the fuck alone. And if they don't have the holiday spirit, it's probably because overdeveloped cocksnot such as yourself have ruined the holiday year after year by making it a materialistic gift-waving bar fight. Shut up. Leave them alone and take that stocking hung with the greatest of care off the fireplace and put it over your fucking head. Piss the season to go play with some plastic bags, motherfucker! It's a humbugger holiday, which means there's no cheer, and you've overstayed your welcome merely by showing up. Go home. I'll be where I've always been You traveled far and wide And landed here again And I thought that it would be Easier for me this year But it's not when I know that you are here In that house for the Since you 
baby, 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 easy now. Not inside, not inside. Ja, je lekker pakkie, Jan. Hij heeft voor 
There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. If you love music that knows no boundaries, then check out The Drive Home with Derek Stark. He plays two hours of country, rock, and hip-hop. For more information, including a list of affiliate stations that air The Drive Home with Derek Stark, like and check the Facebook page by going to facebook.com forward slash ABS The Drive Home. You can also follow at Derek Stark on Twitter. The Drive Home with Derek Stark. It's music that knows no boundaries. That means anything goes. One interesting, unpredictable ride. The Drive Home with Derek Stark. Hop aboard via one of the fine affiliate stations part of the Drive Home Convoy. Some material may be unsuitable for children under 18. Mary Jane CBD and Vape Shop, the only CBD dispensary in the city. We have CBD oil, CBD flour, CBD pre-rolls, and CBD-infused hot beverages at your service. We do not have any THC in our CBD products. Stop on in at 302 West Victory Drive, Savannah, Georgia. Use CBD420 to get a 20% discount at the store. Mary Jane CBD and Vape Shop, again at 302 West Victory Drive. Yo, baby, you've your ass on licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. 
Hunter Athletic Gear Up Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard the Midnight Devils with Midnight Devils. Before that, Dick Ryan. Yes, the two rappers out of the Netherlands with Brookie. Before that, the Midnight Devils with By My Side. Before that, Louise Warren with Christmas Memories. And yes, it's that time of year I'm mixing up, uh, mixing in some Christmas music. And starting off the whole set, the Midnight Devils with Baptized by the Radio. And once again, big shout out to Sam Spade Morris for joining the show. And we're, I'm going to hit the interview that I had with Cornelia Mueller in just a little bit. But before I get to that, I have to expose... The Outlaw Radio, Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week is a member of the Economic Freedom Fighters out of South Africa, a white member, mind you, named Jack Markovitz. And what a piece of work this little idiot is. Yeah, just look up Jack Markovitz EFF on the, uh, go to Google, you'll find the videos, but basically how he says that uh, now the uh, South African party, the uh, Democratic Alliance has become all about white supremacy and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about there when other people called it the DANC, you know, and uh the Cape party, he's, he's just saying this is all about white supremacy and basically pushing his, uh, his great leader, Julius Delirious Malema into helping drive the country further into the ground, pushing that, uh, bill for land expropriation without compensation and basically screwing over the people of South Africa and pushing them into a communist regime. Well done, you fucking idiot. Well done. Yeah, I mean, you'll see his picture on our Twitter at Outlaw Radio ABS, and uh, he looks like something out of Revenge of the Nerds. Anyway, enough on that. I'm going to get to Outlaw Radio conservative talk with Cornelia Muller of the Sidelanders. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk. Now, if you remember uh, back in 2018, I interviewed Simon Roche of the Sidelanders out of South Africa. Uh, If you remember, the Sidelanders can be, I, I admire their cause, obviously at times considered controversial, especially if you talk to groups, uh, political parties like the EFF or Black First, Land First, or even the ANC. Well, uh, he has a new member that has recently joined the Sidelanders. I would like to welcome Cornelia Miller to the show. Cornelia, how are you doing? Hi, Billy. I'm very well. Thank you. And you? 
Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for joining the show. Um, it, uh, it's more than uh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, like I said, the Sidelanders is a bit of a controversial group. I I can understand why. I mean, uh, there's I've seen the, the videos of the uh, training exercises and all that. There's gun training. I mean, it, but they, a lot of people don't understand that you're you're not looking to start a war. You're just prepared for one yes. if it comes to you. That's yes. What, uh, I mean, because nobody wants to, nobody wants to start fighting. But uh, you know, my, if I'm an avid fan of The Walking Dead and The Walking Dead, if there's one thing The Walking Dead has taught us in reality is that if a fight comes looking for you, you better you better be ready. And of course, you you're very young. Um, how did it come to be that you uh, joined the Sidelanders? Um, okay, so so first, um, the Sidelanders can be described in three words: emergency plan initiative. Yes. And as you said, Billy, no one is interested. We're not interested in starting a war at all. Um, we are an initiative for our people. And um, we know, yes, if we we can't um, go outside the lines of an emergency plan initiative because the government is very, very strict on any group or organization that just looks to do, do not that don't agree with them. Um, so we have to be very careful and we are an emergency plan initiative. So how I um, I actually grew up knowing the site on us quite well. Um, and yeah, when you're at school, you see the racial slurs that young black kids tell you, they say, no, give the land back when you're at school. And, um, the racial, um, uh, conflict has increased a lot over the last 20 years, even more than it was, um, before the end of apartheid. So at school, you realize um, that this beautiful country that you love so dearly and the people that you care so much about, um, you really, you see everything deteriorating. You can see this in front of your eyes and you realize, well, you're going to have to realize that if you don't do anything, nothing will happen or change at all. So I really decided that I wanted, um, when I was about 15, I really um, started thinking in this um, matter and when I was 17, I was quite um, sure that I wanted to go into this field, um, not only of activism, but also to be part of a group or organization or initiative that truly, truly makes and brings a change. And that is why I, when I was 20, um, just before I turned 21, I recently um, turned 21, I thought I said to myself, you know what, um, this is the time now. And then I started <laughs> and um, after a couple of videos and et cetera, et cetera, um, I asked them if it would be possible. Do they have a position for me? And they did. So that's wonderful. Uh, that is that is fantastic. Yes. You know, it is quite interesting, too, you know, since the fall of apartheid, which you know, I I was pretty young when all that was going on. I was I was only uh, uh, sixteen. No, I was fifteen when uh, Mandela got released from prison. And uh, at, you know, at the time, I, I I could really care less. 
you know, I mean, I was a 15-year-old kid, you know, so a lot of people ask me, well, where was I during the struggle for a, uh, during apartheid? And I said, um, too young to understand it, didn't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I know. Um, well, we, we are mm-hmm. part of the generation post-apartheid. Yes. And most of the youth that's part of the EFF and the BLF groups are um, very young. So they they can't say anything about we know what apartheid is like they weren't even born yet and very interesting um that the older generation of black people a lot of them a majority of them admits that they, they rather prefer the apartheid times for the reason that they didn't have um poverty or hunger issues at all and this is something very controversial but it is the truth uh, so it's the younger generation that really don't know anything about apartheid and blindly listen to their leaders. Um, and they truly believe these things, of course, the, this propaganda about white people. Um, in fact, Julius Malema had stated the other day, after a court case, he stated that uh, no white people brought crime to South Africa. There was no such thing as crime. So we have all this anti white anti-Boer, anti-Afrikaans um, groups and leaders that, you know, use the, their um, platforms to propagandize about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we deal with, you know, I'm part Native American myself, you know, and um, with the fact that, uh, you know, the particular tribe that I'm descended from, the Cheyenne, went through one of the worst atrocities in American history. I mean, we're we're talking what happens on a farm in South Africa today happened in Sand Creek, Colorado in 1864 to that tribe, you know. But uh, I, wa- I wasn't there to really witness it. But, uh, you know, the, the man who led, led the cavalry in, in, into that slaughter at, at Sand Creek, um, you know, I mean, he, he, he got... He was basically strict with nothing but bad luck for the rest of his life because he couldn't get a job in politics or nothing because of what he did, you know, but still, I mean, very few Native Americans I hear are are crying out for reparations or things like that or or give us back the land because they know that if they try something like that now, we open the borders uh, to Mexico it's going to affect their communities. They're going to end up starving with us or in war right alongside us. You know, I mean, and so, yes. so many of them stand so, so firm against Trump. And I'm like, Trump's the best you can have right now. You want to protect your way of life. He's going to make sure you can. Yes, no, that's true. That is really terrible what happened. Um, And also the large scale, you know, it's truly a crime against humanity. And yeah, it's, it's, it's not shocking, but it's, it's something that we don't know someone that doesn't blame you for something that you're not even guilty of. Um, And also the situation in South Africa, you have to understand is completely different than the mainstream media and history books. Um, uh, states it to be. There's a lot of things about the ANC and about the South African history that are not even mentioned um, in any books. I mean, for example, 
in the you know about the big track out of the Cape Colony from the Voortrekkers. So I know the, a little bit the about farmers, that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically, this group wanted to go move out of the Cape Colony because they kept on fighting these uh, some of the wars for the for the British, and they didn't get any um, compensation for anything they lost during the war, and. A lot of other reasons as well, freedom of religion, etc., etc. And they moved out of the Cape. But um, before that, in some of those wars against the east, um, the east border of the Cape Colony, um, the Bantus and the and the black groups in that area at the border, um, they weren't integrated, but they had their borders, and they used to torture the women as well. They used to tie, and this uh, we read in our history books, and we also hear about these things. Um, they used to tie the women to chairs, and then they would um, th um, basically th throw their axes at, uh, and use the, the women as a target and to basically practice their axe throwing. So the, it was terrible things what happened. And about Trump as well, um, the mainstream media does so... Um, they really focus to, you know, break him so down because in South Africa, we mostly see the mainstream medias as well. So that is CNN or BBC or this now. And they all are so negative towards Trump. That, and we know why exactly. But for someone that doesn't know this, they truly think that Biden is completely, you know, he's the president elect. Oh, he's going God. to be in, in the inauguration and Trump is bad. So that is really terrible about the whole thing, how they can be so against the president that has done so much for these communities. No, they, they want a pedophile that is going to raise our taxes to, to uh, 60% of what you earn. 60% is what he wants to raise the taxes to. Yeah, we're going to tax the rich until the rich pack up and leave because they're not going to take that crap anymore. And and so it just trickles down to uh, those that make minimum wage and then raising minimum wage, forcing an employer to pay their um, their employees. I don't know how much it is to rand, but uh, fifteen dollars an hour is, uh, I'm going to say, probably about two hundred uh, to twenty five hundred rand per hour. I mean, How's an employer going to be able to keep up with that and maintain a business? Yes, exactly. No, but it's like, it's um, for example, in South Africa currently, the farmers have like a minimum wage that they're allowed to pay their workers. Mm -hmm. And at the moment now, the farmers don't get nearly, a, they don't really get a just, you know, a very fair um, amount of money for their products. And then you have... Um, of course, the farm murders and the land expropriation. Um, so there's a lot of things that worked against the farmers. But now they w they're debating to make the minimum wage. They want to hire it. And you just realize, you know, this is so silly. Do you, it's, it's, they, uh, they don't realize what they're doing. But in a certain sense, you know they realize what they're doing. And it's intention. It's intention, in intentful. So, yes, it is the minimum wage thing in South Africa is also in the debate now. Yes, yes. And then, of course, I over 
the time that COVID has hit too. I mean, if, if I'm seeing the most ridiculous things, like now they're starting to come out with uh, evidence that masks are actually helping spread the the virus, but yet they got all these it. They're like Biden was on TV, wear a mask, it's going to save lives, and they're finding out the real truth that it's helping spread because that having that you're just basically uh, breathing your own germs right back into your face and trapping them. It it makes no sense except that uh, you know you get Bill Gates in there who says he's got the vaccine and oh come on we know Bill Gates he can't even fix the viruses in windows so who the hell made him a doctor he you know he's an idiot <laughs> no but he's working on an electronic vaccine that's going to alternate your DNA and basically get that form of artificial intelligence in is what the real thing is only so they're test bedding it on other in kids in other parts of Africa and why is there now a huge I don't know what country it was I think it was Uganda huge outbreak of polio just because of Bill Gates experiment oh <laughs> no um, that is really very um, very sad especially for America that they um, voted actually for as you call him a pedophile <laughs> which he is but in any way i actually watched the pres the pre or parts of the presidential debate and it was a very um comedic of because i i think trump did very well and he also at one moment said yeah but he's he always wears biden always wears a mask he can be on the stage and there's no one next to him in the next 150 meters and he still wears a mask. And I personally know a lot of people that got actually got ill. Um, and how we know it's the mask is that it started with a rash on their skin. And then other problems occurred as well. So that is all, you know, it, it's hectic, everything is going on, everything that's loud. And as you say, Bill Gates, um, suddenly he's this amazing doctor and everyone has to listen to him. And it's completely absurd. Yes, yes. And, okay, so let's think about who's racist and who's not. You know, uh, here's Bill Gates, supposed to be not a racist, but yet why why does he choose little black children in third world parts of Africa as lab rats for his experiments? Come on, that is racist right there. That is that's right there. You're yes, gonna, it is. Gonna you're just going to sacrifice a bunch of black children to see how it works. Come on now. No, that's true. That is really, really true. And um, I, But they're hypocrites. Very much so. Very much so. I guess you can tell if you get me started, I can get fired up on this. <laughs> no, but it's true. We can also get... I specifically can also get very fired up about subjects such as these um, because it's absolutely, you can't comprehend at all how someone can be such a hypocrite and how, can, how someone can be so evil to want these things to happen, to plan on changing DNA of people. So it's really, it's just, yeah, it, it is very shocking. And you, one gets very fiery about it because it upsets you, the absolute injustice thereof. 
you know, and when it when it comes to this perversion that they're pulling on our children anymore, I mean, if you know what's on Netflix right now, there's this thing called Cuties where they got little eleven year old girls dancing. Like the, I got, I saw it. Uh, well, the, I didn't see it. I saw the um, bad reviews the of the conservative groups in America, and it's really terrible. I was so shocked that they can, you know, sexualize a eleven-year-old little girl. That's that's just the thing, too. And not only that, but now you know they're tell they're telling these kids, you know, you can decide. Um, oh, you, you, I know that uh, you were born a boy, but uh, hey, you can be a little girl if you want to, you know, just, just think think to yourself. Yeah. And then they drill it in their heads. You can't tell me that uh, kids just are naturally feeling this way because, um, you know, they, they're, they're five years old to, to 10 years old. I'm, I'm a girl tra trapped in a boy's body. That's Normal people who have felt that way and went and got a sex change or whatever or decided what their sexual preference were were usually in their late teens when they figured it out. Yes. This time there's... But I always get so frustrated when I hear yeah. that they say, um, when we speak about normal, they say, oh, but who's normal? No, actually, there's only one normal. Um, but it's, yeah. it's true. For instance, there's actually this one case that I heard of specifically... And it was a little um, boy and he had an older sister and he said that he wants to be a girl. And his mom, of course, thought there was a, you know, there's a big problem. So she took him to a psychologist and they found out after a couple of sessions and monitoring and analyzing this child that he wanted to be a girl because he was jealous of his sister because she was his father's favorite in some sort of way. So there's a lot of psych psychological things that yeah. um, suddenly now because you have a jealousy or any problem in it, any matter, um, oh, no, no, it's okay. You can do it. Change your gender. And I also heard about many people, and you also see a lot of videos on YouTube about people that de-transform. Um, so they basically... Um, changed their gender and then they thought oh looks like this isn't really what i wanted and they changed back so you see that a lot as well well not yet and what i think is really going on even though i can't prove it is um you know they're taking a four to five year old kid looking him in the eyes as if it's almost they're trying to hypnotize them. They're definitely messing with their heads and telling them, you're a girl. Yes. Or you're a boy. <sighs> and just over and over and over like a subliminal message. I think, I honestly would not be surprised if that's what a lot of them are doing to empower the group that they're with or whatever it is or satisfy their perverted urge. Oh, shoot them, please. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's really ter it's really terrible. And we in South we in South Africa have also a very, very um, clear boundary a boundary about that, um, the whole gender change, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's a, a very controversial um, subject, and people have really gotten this mentality that they um, I don't know if they feel too bad or if they are afraid mm -hmm. that someone might not like them, but they they just wouldn't say anything about it. They wouldn't change a thing about it. 
Um, not because they necessarily agree, but because they don't have, they just don't, I don't think they have it in them at all. Now, see, you take, for example, what happens today, you take uh, an adult cabaret out out somewhere and uh, there there's a minimum age age limit you have to be in there of course that means that you're a, you're a grown adult you go in there and you know i mean that that's their thing who am i to judge but why are they having strippers performing in front of kindergartners between five and seven why yeah that is terrible. I've never heard about that. That, that, that did, they have. They they did <laughs> that. That, that they here. actually, you know, do s- such um, vulgar things for children. They have done it here. It's it's already been caught, and I'm and I'm thinking, what you're doing is you're messing with the kid's mind, and things like this happen to serial killers, like Richard Ramirez, Ted Bundy, or y- whoever. And a lot mm-hmm. of it, a lot of it there, starts with pornography at a very, very young age. This, this is not only absurd. Not only this is not only inappropriate. This is very, very dangerous. Exactly, but as you said, you know, um, it also starts with porno- pornography. But the thing is, today on Netflix, you can watch movies that are actually pornography pretty much um, but they're not classified as pornography (laughs) and so we don't have netflix but on facebook you always see trailers of certain films and because i'm young and i'm probably the niche group that they want um that, that they want our attention our age group our generation and um yeah we weren't raised like that at all we didn't actually have a television um, and we grew up on a farm. So it's not something that's very appealing to me to go and watch a television or a series at all. Um, and then you see these trailers and you just think, how on earth can you allow? <laughs> who allows this? How on earth? Who is looking at these films and saying, oh, great, now you can put that up? And also the absolute brutality. I personally can't watch. Um, and I, I always used to like action movies until I started to read a lot about more about farm murders and attacks and the brutality thereof because you personally know a lot of people but then when you you know you start going into this field I can't I really I can't manage to just look at an action movie because I just think about farm murders and I think how can you um, act such a scene now I don't it's very I can't I really cannot watch through an action movie where people get killed and I also find other than the um, the very sexual things on Netflix as well um, the brutality you know mm-hmm. I saw this ad, ad or this trailer of this film about two girls and they're killing people together and they're in high school and they romanticize killing people and it's just so so absurd. It's it is kind of disturbing. You know, Cornelia. Um, I remember when uh, Simon first messaged me and asked me if I'd have you on the show, and he couldn't think of the Afrikaans word for you. And then it, it just, I came up with it instantly. You, to me, it's a title that uh, I'm pretty sure you're very proud of. They call girls like you Border Macy. And yes, Buramaisi. 
yeah, th that is not a title to be taken lightly either. I mean, that is something no, not so. that that is something that comes from a very conservative Christian, God-fearing background of hard work, discipline, and ultimate reward. Mm. That no, that that is yeah, that, that is, where is it comes true. From. Yes, sorry. Now, I'm very, very extremely proud of my um, heritage and of my ancestors. And we have uh, a lot of people in South Africa have these family books that go back, you know, to the first person in your family um, that came here. And then during this book, you can also read the history of what happened to the family when they were in concentration camps. What happened? What did they do in this war? And it's something we are extremely proud of as well because our nation is very conservative, extremely conservative. And you don't realize that until you really start going around with um, international groups, international people, and you start realizing that conservatism is actually really rare. <laughs> but it's something that's very um, clear in Afrikaans communities like a lot of Afrikaans communities that I know are very, very traditional and conservative. And um, it's quite normal for us. But also, you know, through the history, there, were also, there was also a, a purification, you know. Uh, and through these years and decades, um, this nation has become one gene pool and one um, certain group of people. Because, for instance, we always call everyone that's more than 12 years older than us. We call them women and Tani, which is uncle and aunt. And it also comes from the time of the big big track where the people had to rely on each other, where the people were like family. Um, they were specifically, um, I'm going to jump to another um, historical time, um, sure. the Second Boer War, the anglo Boer War. Uh, there was a woman that lost all her children in a concentration camp. And after the war, she had this English neighbor and they um, managed to go work on a farm nearby and she lost all her children, but she adopted seven of the children that survived the concentration camps and lost their mothers. And this English neighbor asked her, um, but aren't you, you know, sad about this? And she said, yes, of course I am, but I've got seven children that I love and that I care for. And she just opened her door for them and it's just, yeah, I'm very thankful mm -hmm. for my heritage. You know, and uh, just getting back to, as I, I heard what you said, you know, you really, because, because of the uh, brutal crimes and the farm murders going on, you know, and, and might I add, too, that these farm murders are not just white farmers, even though white farmers might get some of the worst of it. Black farmers are being slaughtered, too. So, you know, there, yes. there's a... there's. Now that's true. In fact, yes. um, last week, there was an older black farmer, and I actually shared it on my Facebook if you are, would want to go and check afterwards. But it's really terrifying because he was... Um, he was uh, tied to a tree and he was killed Bru also brutally. So it's really, it's, it doesn't mm -hmm. stop specifically at white farmers, but the difference is that it's politically oriented and that's why it's mm -hmm. so important. Well, you know, just getting back, you see, you don't watch the, um, you don't really watch the action movies. Uh, as for me, I can't stay away from them. 
depending what they are. <laughs> and I'm also a very avid uh, horror movie fan, which might be worse. But I actually um, came up with an idea, and I've mentioned this on the show, and now it, it's it's still going to happen, and it's going to happen soon too. Is um, you know I I watched. Uh, you got to help me with this here because it's Afrikaans. Uh, I watched Trierkrant uh, with Steve Hoffmeyer, even though the movie's all in Afrikaans. I got subtitles and I could pick up on the conversation. But how is that pronounced? Trierkrant. Yeah, see, I can't, I can't, uh, my throat's not clear enough to get the G's in Afrikaans right now. But, um, you know, I watched that movie from beginning to end, regardless that even though I don't speak the language and, uh, you know, getting to understand. um, And and at the end, it was it was much like a horror movie without a happy ending. I soon will be I I soon will be writing a fictional book because Ernst Roots has covered the nonfiction. Steve Hoffmeyer has helped cover the nonfiction. I want to bring awareness awareness to this subject in a different light for other people who don't know about this. And that is that is for those who who do watch horror movies. I'm I will be working on a fictional novel soon uh called uh The Curse of Blood River, which I've I'm very familiar with the uh, Battle of Blood River. I'm coming up with a fictional story that will depict uh, real events and 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 uh, non-fictional subjects to bring a new audience to this and bring more awareness so more people yes. know what's going on over there it's not something that i'm doing for my own pleasure it's you know it's fact i yes i i love horror movies i always have i'm a big time zombie fan but uh you know there, it's like there's a different calling, and I, I'm going to. It's basically going to be kind of like a, a supernatural tale, and uh, and because it's a horror movie, yeah, whoever watches it, I'm going to be looking to scare you. That's what Stephen King does. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. But I hope that no, I'm well. I'm. I'm. It's really nice to hear that. You know, yeah. it would be really nice um, if you can keep us updated on how it's going. Um, we'll of course um, any support from the you know internationally uh, awareness as well means a lot to us. Um, so mm-hmm. it's really much appreciated. And as you say, those movies, Trierkrond and um, another couple of short documentaries are really they're really well good and well yes. and much appreciated and needed as well yeah. so yes it's exciting it's exciting to hear your plan and how you're going to do it uh, you know and, and i've and i've already been the target of eff members and i've been i've been the target of uh, busting the myth of white genocide in south africa you know they they still come after me and i i don't care you don't scare me. I don't care if you got friends here in the United States. You don't scare me. I and if you really want to get that personal and show up at my house, by all means, please be that stupid. Yeah. Yes, that is um, that is quite. I, I shouldn't actually be laughing at this. It's really terrible to get these threats. We also get these threats. Um, 
but I'm laughing because it's this true American patriotic um, say, point of view of, you know, come to my house, I've got guns. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> much appreciated that um, point of view. Um, in South Africa, we, we also do have that in a certain sense, but we do realize that if we shoot someone and it wasn't very clear that they're going to attack us, then we get prosecuted and you will really very easily um, do life, life in jail. Yes. So we have to be very careful because it's not just farm murders, it's um, institutionalized yes. oppression, really it is. Um, for example, the um, affirmative action in South Africa is very developed and you have this thing called BEE or BB, BEE, broad based black economic environment. Yes, black and e economic environment. You have different levels and different points. And if you have more points than the other companies, then you're more likely to get support of the government and you're more likely to get um, government contracts. And one of these um, what one of these implications is that because we're eight percent of the population, that means that only eight percent of us can be in the workforce. There's so there's a lot of it's not it's farm murders. Uh, the brutal the brutality is extreme, um, and you know the threats as well against white people. For example, I'm not sure if you are um, you know. That on the 16th of October last month, or two months ago, there was a protest against farm murders. And the EFF went as well. Oh, and yes. they sang to their supporters, um, call the fire brigade, burn these booze. And not even 48 hours later, there were between 30 and 40 different arson attacks on the farmlands specifically in the Free State. And now, at the moment, in total, there were 339 different farms that are completely mm -hmm. ruined. So it's farm murders, it's the institutions, it's the enterprises, it's the B, affirmative action, it's the um, terror attacks. And also, that the president completely um, denies the killing of white farmers. In 2018, specifically in America, he said there's no killing of white farmers in I South saw Africa. That. And this year, he said, and he also said this year, after um, the protest against farmers, he said, oh, you know what, um, it is sad and we think about it, but it's not a priority for us at all. So well, that's exactly um, the mentality that is here. Well, that's why when I talk to uh I don't know if you're aware of a gentleman that I just had on the show very recently, uh, a black gentleman by the name of uh, Pietriacito. And he went to cynical with chains around his hands saying... Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, he, oh, he's an amazing guy. I worry for his safety because they're looking to necklace him. And <laughs> yes, and he also he lost his job, you know? Yes, I know. But he, he, he. So that's really terrible. That's really, really terrible. He's he's not gonna, he's not done fighting. It's like he's not not letting anything stop him. You know, and and he's he's basically. Yes. No. That is. It's it's always. You know. Go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So no, it, it's true. In South Africa, a, a lot of white farmers and white people, um, you know, advocate and are activists and protest against this but when it's 
when black people even start saying, you know what, this is really unfair, this is brutal, then it makes you realize the unjustly way the, these situations are being treated. So yes, I actually, I have seen some of his um, videos and that he um, made and when he went to Senegal, and I'm sure that they in, intend on necklacing him, which is absolutely terrible. Yeah, him and one other gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Sipo. Um, a lot of people probably haven't heard of him, but I've, yes, he's been on my show twice. He walked, I think, all over the free state in, I don't know how many kilometers it is, but he walked over 400 miles going from farm to farm that had been attacked, uh, paying his respects. And uh, yeah, he's been a target, target for necklacing too. Yeah. No, that's extreme. That's really extreme. But you know what? Um, I actually, I'm thinking of a very specific situation. So I used to work with this um, very um, nice black lady. We, we, used, we used to work together. And I remember that we spoke a lot about the EFF and we spoke a lot about what's going on in South Africa because she ca she came from Zimbabwe and she literally swam through the Limpopo River to get here. Um, and she always says she doesn't know where to go. What if this happens in South Africa? Where is she going? Um, so we used to talk a lot about politics um, in our break time, of course. And she always used to tell me that you don't understand. It's really, um, there's a lot of, people that do support you and do think about this um of course not the integration part at all they don't want to integrate she also says they really want to keep their culture and they want for us to keep our culture so it's that respect and the boundaries between these cultures um but an understanding as well and she says that she's so careful because she cannot drive with a white person because i used to drive her home but I would never, um, you know, pull down, uh, pull off near where she actually lived um, in the squatter camp. Um, I actually just, you know, just a block or so from that, I would stop and she would say, okay, thank you. And then she would climb out and walk because she said she would get in trouble if she was seeing um, that I was just, you know, giving her, her a lift. So there's a lot of, um, so there's absolutely like, dictators in these squatter camps and these young specific EFF groups really dictate what's happening and who's allowed to do what. Um, so yes, you get that as well. Yeah, they're not going to be satisfied until it's a completely gone 100% communism, which is the way South Africa is unfortunately going. And if we don't watch it, we and Trump doesn't win the hearings it's definitely going to go to the way of communism here and then we are no that's that we, is true we are that is screwed. true and also for us in south africa hearing that trump's not well according to the mainstream media he's not doing so well but we do know that he has a sort of solid case in pennsylvania specifically um so for us, it's really bad because <laughs> you realize what this holds for South Africa. And it's, it's South Africa as well. We are going in the road of communism completely and um, the destruction of, of current institution, in, uh, state institutions and, you know, substituting it with 
um, democratic institutions. And we know about the history in Africa, Nigeria, Tanzania, um, Guinea. Um, they all walk this, uh, Zimbabwe, they all walk this specific path. And they, you know, we are also walking this path currently. But that that's the thing about Cyclone specifically. Um, a lot of people think that, or a lot of people say that we're a hate group, um, but we're not at all. We respect the boundaries that there are. And it's about keeping your culture and protecting your culture and your people. And that's what's very important for us. But we're not, we don't do it at all out of hate for another person or group at all. And that's something very clearly that um, a lot of people get wrong <laughs> when they throw these slurs. Yeah, well, the, the level of intelligence has gone completely down lately, Cornelia. You know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, seriously, the the government wanted a dumbed down nation, a dumbed down world society, and they're getting it with a, with all the stupidity being being passed forward. And I don't care if you're white, black, Asian, whatever color, whatever your sexual preference is. I mean, come on, I've got two two women that I I know who are lesbians who are completely against the LBGT, QP, whatever, that give me the alphabet on that because of how radical they've become. And not only that, they, you know, regardless of their sexual preference, they, just like me, will not tolerate pedophiles. Yes. So anyway... Wow. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I, I had a quick laugh when you said they're giving you the whole alphabet because it is, in fact, growing. It was first LGBT, now it's LGBTQ, now it's LGBT. So it's really, you know, becoming a very long, long well, sentence. Well, now, so, for, I mean, what's first on Joe Biden's agenda is uh, to visit the Ku Klux Trans. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, I hate to say it, but we are out of time. I want to thank you very much for joining the show. And if you have any plugs, any social media or anything you'd like to uh, put out there, uh, go ahead. The floor is yours. Uh, yeah. So I would just like to say um, appeal to people to just go on the Sightliners website and support us, spread the word. And it's really important to educate yourself on what's really going on and to circumvent the mainstream media. And thank you, Billy, for the opportunity. You're welcome. Thank you once again. I want to wish you the best luck in your future ende endeavors, and God bless you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the interview I had with Cornelia Muller of the Sidelanders. Big shout out to her. Thank you very much for talking with me and joining the show. Going to hit our next music break. Coming up, we got Brie Bagwell, going to be followed by Another Lost Year. Appalachian Dawn, Forever Still, and Mickey and the Motor Cars. We'll be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask, Mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs> Get you through 
Your Christmas gift. What, what the fuck is this? It's a ninja. It's some weird little plush toy ninja. Not a real ninja. I wanted a real ninja! Loophole. Loophole? You said you wanted a ninja. You didn't say it couldn't be a plush ninja. Fuck you and your loophole! Dude, the only reason you even got that was because you threatened to have a gang rape me with my own severed limbs. So, just in case you were serious, plush ninja. You know... Fucking loopholes! Well, be more specific next time. Frankly, I didn't even think you'd remember. Yeah, it's kind of hard to forget a threat like that. Hmm, so limb raping really sticks in your mind? When it's my limbs? Yes. So, if I said someone else's limbs, you probably would have forgotten? No, I wouldn't have forgotten. Hmm, the female mind is so complex. Yeah, we're tricky bitches. Now go play with your ninja. Eh, I suppose if I shoved this far enough up your ass, it could probably clog an artery or something, right? Why is your mind so violent? I don't know. Christmas in Connecticut gives me violent thoughts. Snow, wreaths, illuminated paper bags on the side of the road. Who does that? Fire hazard is what that is. Dude, just, just go away. Come on, Ninja, let's go draw some flaming paper bags at dried out Christmas trees. Woo! Oh, yeah, good job giving me a present in the middle of a blizzard. Why don't you wait till we got inside? This is ridiculous. Freezing my nuts off out here. Not acorns. Really cold. Hey, don't know how I survived. 
only sticks, I'm homegrown. Only place I've ever known. Killing them softly like that Fuji song. up then? Ha. Oh yeah? Oh, yeah. Come on, what's pop? Let's get this daggum beat drop. Off the top of the dome, let's get this thing rocking. It's Appalachian Don rolling in the pig pen, playing in the mud race. Smell what I'm sitting in. Beat Nick, I'm a hillbilly trailblazer. Raise a little hell, hell, my daddy was a hell raiser. The son of a gun was the gun of a son, so I'm sure that makes me want to hurt Peach State representing y'all Clean old-fashioned like the jackets in the Bulldogs Outlaw plus a studded in the G-Code Gangsters don't live that long, that's what I've been told I get down in my town, call it Monkey Road Quiet little spot, head off down the country road And if you ever in my neck of the hood You might find me in Joneswood Down here in Georgia These roots grow way long Out here Out in my here zone in These roots is my home these roots grow Out here way long. These roots grow way long. Out here where Down I'm from. I'm proud of my home. These roots grow way long. Where you find me? Been working for a long time. On the loose, running juice across county and state lines. Outlaw, simple man, get it how I live. Copper steals on the foothills, and daddy gave me all the skills. Propane, blue flame, sugar in the mash. Long weight, full tank, cut the heat, don't scorch the stash. Swine shine, fire, water, octane. Burn so good, guaranteed your whole life change. I've always had it, no matter what the product be. Be pushing weight since you're young, now I'm an OG. City streets, trap houses full of dope fiends. Detroit. Park, single wide, see the same thing. I need a change, I had to wore it up. Headed back to mama house where I grew up. Cause I was raised in the South Cornbread fed. And when I leave, I'm gonna be dirty down South here in Georgia. These roots grow way long. Out here oh, in my here Georgia. These roots is my home. These roots grow Out here in Georgia. These roots grow way long. Out here where down I'm from. Georgia. I'm proud of my home. This way from the big bright lights A city boy lost trying to get his mind right Get his life right, put it into the hurt So I hit the interstate till it turned into dirt Made it work when it was really broke Like an old wagon wheel with a split spoke 
been moving on a mission like a soldier with his orders from North California to the foothills of Georgia. Call it home now, deep in the pine. A southern state of mind sitting in the sunshine. I ain't lying, nothing better than a fresh peach. When everyone you pick is looking good enough to eat. Smell the hog feet, pickle with the pepper. Cornbread getting cooked any kind of weather. Swinging through the pit, it don't get no better. Got mud on the tires and some pine on the switch. These roots grow real long. Out here oh, in my Georgia. These roots is my home. These roots grow Out here in Georgia. These roots grow real long. Out here where Down I'm from. Georgia. I'm proud of my home. These roots grow real long.
Christmas without you I'd be so blue just thinking about you Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree Incorporated, the United South Africa Coalition, comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. USAC works to inform world leaders of the present-day conditions in South Africa through documents, news reports, images, videos, publications, petitions, and witness statements. To unite with South African leaders to bring meaningful assistance to people in South Africa, to educate and develop trade schools to improve the quality of life in South Africa, to enact employment laws that are fair and equal for all in South Africa, and to work on trade development projects to improve South Africa's economy. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit usac.center. This is The Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Doogie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from, two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you can catch the Renegade Show. 
Hey everybody, it's your boy West Dog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the New Eden Nutritional Support System, the Ionic Toothbrush System, a better way to clean your teeth, the Invisible Mask, a negative ion generator, that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution. The High Ion Bio-Key Quantum Scalar Energy Pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live, entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid And like I said, Chip, we're never in the mood to deal with you. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition, go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Mickey and the Motorcars with their cover of Blue Christmas. I don't know if Elvis was the originator of that, but nonetheless, that was a cover. Good cover, by the way. Before that, uh, Forever Still with Perfect Day. Before that, Appalachian Dawn with Way Long. Before that, another lost year with Home. And starting off the whole set, Bree Bagwell with A Whiskey Christmas. And uh, once again, uh, shout out to um, Corn- Cornelia Muller. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a very interesting conversation I had there. And, you know, it, it's not very often that uh you i talk to people her age uh that young that actually uh you know number one there there aren't very, very many people that young that have such a conservative mindset but also um her intelligence is off the chain and i can see why uh simon had accepted her into uh the sidelanders organization so it doesn't look like uh, Chris is going to be able to make it for news of the weird slash uh, shower thoughts. And I'll b- go over some shower thoughts in just a little bit. Um, just some things that uh, I want to address here in the last hour. So President Trump has uh, made it to a rally in Georgia. 
where, uh, yeah, Georgia was considered a swing state, where he had a tremendous lead. And then just over time, it was going towards Biden. And going towards Biden some more. And then going towards Biden some more until the state of Georgia has called it for Biden. Uh, it's been the first time in a long time that a, a Democrat has uh, won that state. But did he really win it? You know, in the last election, it had been since 1984 when uh, Ronald Reagan had run against Walter Mondale that the state of Wisconsin elected uh, a Republican. Uh, a Republican had won that state, and then since then it's been a, a Democratic stronghold. But uh, from what I understand, there have been more votes coming out of the state of Wisconsin than more people that live there. And there's a strong case in Michigan. There's a strong case in Pennsylvania. And all we're hearing from the mainstream media is this is getting thrown out of court. That's getting thrown out of court. But uh, these judges um, that are doing that are no doubt being bought and paid for by these Marxist Democrats. And tell, they're being, they're little puppets being told what to do. Um, but if you can't see the voter fraud in this election, then you're a fucking idiot. I mean, come on. Trump had a tremendous lead in these states. Then all of a sudden, over time, and we're talking days, that, uh, Suddenly, it's going to going to Biden. There, there is something very fishy going on here. You can't see that, of course. Probably, if you're pulling for Biden and you hate Trump that much, you're probably encouraging the cheating. And shame on you for that, because lately, a, a lot of the Democrats and a lot of a lot of the Marxists left, and including people that join organizations like Antifa have proven that they think that freedom of speech should be a one-way street. They should be able to express themselves however they want. And when I say however they want, I clearly mean that they think they, they can do it through physical violence and vandalism. I mean, that uh, protest a few weeks ago in Washington, D.C., did you see anybody burning, burning down buildings? Or attacking people. Now, there were attacks. Yeah, it was Antifa members. You know, and I kind of spoke out, I said, you know, about the Proud Boys is that uh, we don't need an, another radical group. But I, I had a closer look into the Proud Boys. They're not so bad. They're not looking to strike first. Just like uh, when I was talking to, uh, when I was talking to Cornelia, you know, they're not looking to start a war. But if a war comes for them, they're ready. You know, the Proud Boys are much like the Sidelanders. Of course, uh, the radical left are going to say things like they are Nazis. 
are fascists, racists. I th especially uh, the race card is beyond ancient with God knows how many layers of dust on it now. And I'm so sick of that bullshit. You know, and, and something else that just caught my attention too was uh, if you remember um, during the Halloween show when I was talking to uh, Spike Coggins, we were talking about the killer named Claude Dallas. Yeah, Claude Dallas, he murdered two game wardens here in Idaho, possibly out of self-defense. Given the history of Bill Pogue and the stories I heard about him as a game warden, he, he liked to flex his muscles. He liked to show off what authority he had when he approached one of my uncles who was unarmed and not hunting at the time. He had his hand on his gun the entire time. Other people have talked about Bill Pogue in that same light. And then Claude Dallas was ready to shoot back. So I have no doubt in my mind that that was uh, self-defense. And Claude Dallas, I don't know if he could physically prove it, but then he was hiding the bodies, you know. So yeah, he he did commit, uh, he did kill them. It, was, it, it wasn't right. And um, I'm not going to condone uh, killing those men. But uh, in 2005, he was uh, finally released on good behavior. Now, there's a video on YouTube about Claude Dallas. If you uh, go find it. And there's uh, one person said on the, commenting on the video said that Claude the killer was granted his pro, his parole because of his white privilege. Now, this is getting beyond ridiculous now. Because uh, Bill Pogue and Conley Elms were both white. Now, had they been black, maybe I could see where they could put up somewhat of an argument there. This had nothing to do with race. This had nothing to do with white privilege. There was no white privilege. White privilege does not exist. It's bullshit. So I, I commented back. I said, you have to, you know, those of you who have to bring race into everything, you're the, you're the racist. He said I was an indoctrinated puppet or an indoctrinated sheep and asked me how I can have a radio show. Oh, it's very simple. Internet radio is very easy to get into, as long as you got the right equipment. Yeah, it's, it's very easily done. So, uh, I, t I told him exactly what I said. If Conley Elms and Bill Pogue had been black, you might, you just might have a legitimate argument for white privilege. But we're talking, this happened in an area that where the majority of the population is white. In fact, I, I don't even think uh, in this particular area, it's less than 1% black. 
or Hispanic for that matter. So it was white on white crime is what it was. But somebody's somebody's got to bring race into the equation somehow, some way. I all I can say is, you know, with that comment, he all he did was make a fool of himself. The race card has just gone way too far. They the truth is is that the Democrats had no dirt on Trump. They had nothing. So they got to make shit up. Are you fucking serious? So they they uh, put the mainstream media right in their pockets. CSN, CSNBC, CNN, even Fox News. To make President Trump look, uh, they say he's a racist. And a bunch of you idiots out there buy into it and believe every word. I heard it on the news. It must be true. Why? I don't fucking get it. You can't believe everything you read. Don't believe everything you hear on the news, especially when it's a lot of it's fake news. So that's the race car, the saying he's a racist. Of course, we know that's not the only thing they made up. They uh, said he was in collusion with Russia, which turned out to be a completely false. But yeah, there's a lot of idiots that still believe this. Even though the proof is right there. I mean, these are people you can you can uh, tilt their head up to the sky. They'll tell you to your face that the sky is green. And you can just uh, adjust their head, make them look at the sky. They clearly see that it's blue, but they still tell, say it's green. Like, like, a lot of like these flat earthers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Chris just messaged me, so let me see. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to him and see if he uh, gets gets back to me really quick for a, uh, at least a few shower thoughts. And uh, he is messaging me right now. So let's see what he says. Okay, I'm going to tell him not to worry about it. I got it covered. So, one moment here. Yeah. But uh, getting back to what I was originally talking about, if you don't think there's voter voter fraud, you're a complete fool. Even if you're a, a Biden supporter, this should trouble you. Because this is our democracy at stake. This is the American dream at stake. This is our livelihoods at stake. 
Biden gets sworn in, he's going to mandate masks that do not uh, prevent the, this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. He's going to raise the taxes. And they're already talking about a stimulus check that, of course, we're going to pay back out of higher taxes. So is it really worth it? you got to question that. Is it really worth it? I mean, because, you know, those of you that uh, voted for Biden need to realize that is it, it's not just uh, the rights and the voice of conservatives that's going to uh, be taken away. It's going to be you, too. Because they want to control everybody. That's what a communist regime is all about. I mean, and the suicide rate in a communist regime goes through the fucking roof. And of course it starts with this coronavirus hoax shutting us all in. This quarantine. Uh, this this lockdown in their places. Ohio has implemented a curfew. Now California, California has implemented a curfew. No surprise there. So, like I said, this is our lives at stake. Trump was protecting that for us. But, I mean, there are idiots out there that even say they'd rather have George Soros in the White House than Donald Trump. And all he's done is uh, caused nothing but chaos Not caused, and just made a mess with his way. I mean, this, this man is evil to the core. And he's got the Clintons in his pocket. And I guarantee you he's got Biden in his pocket. He's even got, a, got Republicans in his pocket like Mitt Romney. And uh, I think uh, Marco Rubio is another one. Yes, if you remember when I had uh, Reba Cheryl on the line and she referred to those types as the rhinos. So, anyway, I think uh, I have covered enough of that. And uh, I'm going to pull up the... Uh, shower thoughts thing here in a little bit so uh, you know what with that said it's time this is outlaw radio news of the weird From the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, it is I, Bad Billy, and it is time for Shower Thoughts. As pleasant as cold showers might be, how about spreading some holiday warmth? Sign up for Ready? For Reddit Secret Santa today, okay. (laughs) 
Humans are so fucking smart we forgot blankets are a technology. You hate alarm clocks with both possible scenarios. They work or they don't work. You never think you're going to trust a meth addict with your life until you're on a roller coaster at the local fair. All right. Doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. One of the reasons parents are so bad at parenting is because they only wanted a baby. Yeah, kind of like those who uh, want, wanted a puppy and forget that it grows into a dog. All animals with Instagram accounts are technically nude models. <laughs> okay. Uh, an extra six inches could give you a career in the NBA or in porn. Hmm. <laughs> The bigger the menu a restaurant has, the lesser the chance that anything on it is good. I don't know about that. James Bond is actually a horrible spy slash secret agent. The man constantly is constantly distracted by women, has no idea. <laughs> Adulthood is isn't nobody telling you what to do. It's choosing who gets to tell you what to do. And, and that's if you're lucky. Everyone's origin story technically begins with their mom getting cream pied. Oh my God. You know what? I, I got to I got to do that. I got to do this. So. The size difference between a seahorse and a sea cow is shockingly large. You can put Santa in checkmate by asking for coal, then acting bad. We mainly eat wings of birds that can't fly. Chickens, yeah. If our ancestors saw how we lived, for the most part, they'd probably think we were royalty... And I'd like to think that that make them happy. If Santa is real, we must all have been naughty kids because we never actually received any presents from him. A Christmas tree next to a roaring fireplace seems less quaint when you realize it's a tree it's tree watching its friends being burned alive. Just saying, if the Lorex had a gun. <laughs> Diamond are, diamonds are compressed carbon while boogers are compressed snot. Boogers and nose are, boogers are nose diamonds. <laughs> Oh, man. Handwriting is your hand's font. Humans are fucked if cockroaches know we're scared of them. Ain't that the truth? Both male and female reindeer antlers, the males shed their hairs in November while the females do in February. Santa's reindeer are female.
People don't mind touching others' hair and nails until the second it's no longer attached to them. Ancient archaeology is the only scientific field which, uh, which, in which unreliable second-hand witness testimony, incomplete or damaged physical evidence, and personal opinion are all needed to overcome the high burden of proof. Most of the air we breathe isn't even oxygen. You probably have been near death more than once, and you don't even know it. If all the money in the world was distributed equally, we'd all be poor as fuck. True with the population, the high population we have right now. Although seagulls are all over the world, their babies are almost never seen. No one will ever be forced to memorize the date of the world that ended for a history class. <laughs> if you combine coffee, vanilla, and co cocoa, you've technically made three bean soup. Warning signs would not exist if people were not stupid. Oh, man, you got to get an amen on that one. <laughs> Getting coal for Christmas sounds good in the 19th century. In order to rickroll someone, you have to rickroll yourself first. We, we could throw a fork in the ocean... And 100 years later, it will be in a museum as a historical artifact. Don't shop while you're hungry. Doesn't work if you're out of food. Whoever was making calendars in the B.C. period must have been mad when the, the timer started after... Started over after AD. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does it for Shower Thoughts. So on the agenda next week, now this is what I hope it will be. I told Shauna O'Donnell that I'll interview uh, one of the band members of uh, Seduce, another, gla another glam metal band uh, that, uh, you know, they produced some great songs back in the 80s. And yeah, just... Uh, I think uh, they once again split up. Now they're getting back together. And, uh, yeah, I uh, really didn't uh, get quite as popular, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be good to talk to these guys. And also I'm messaging with uh, Tina Forte. I'm hoping I can record an interview. It'll be pre-recorded if I get her. Would like to do this before the 12th, one week from today, for all the big... Uh, Trump rallies and the March for Trump. So with that said, I am signing off for the night. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio. Going to end the show with Another Way of Life, a band out of Florida and fade away. All right. Good night. God bless. 
and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Later. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. business or perhaps you're in a band or maybe you run a radio show or podcast whatever you do you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel look no further than fresh baked tees t-shirts hoodies tank tops caps beanies koozies banners and even masks you can get them all custom made from fresh baked tees prices are reasonable and negotiable Simply go to FreshBakedTees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today.
If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out the Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No fucktards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like the Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. I was a normal 20-year-old college student. When I moved into off-campus housing, they boasted that it was safe. Not a single incident since it had opened. I was the first. I woke up in the middle of the night, suffocating. Shut up, he said. Don't say a word. For the next two hours, I knew I was going to die. And there was nothing I could do. Now I'm a mother of two. And if that predator or anyone else tries to harm me or my family, they have to come through my firearm first. I will never be unarmed or utterly vulnerable ever again. The only reason I can say that is because the NRA fought for my rights before I ever knew that I needed them. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt Voiceovers and Audio Services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am.
him sitting on the porch Writing another song About Waylon, Willie, David Allen Cole You can't go wrong Such great outlaw boys just like me Jones. Okay. 